Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Welcome to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Now, today I keep saying we're going to bring on all my favorite people, but we are. Bill Souls is a social worker here in Nassau County, but actually throughout the world. And he is what I call the Pied Piper of Havening. And this is one of those Havening sessions. When For me, when I have to create the Mount Rushmore of Havening, Bill is one of those people because Bill brought in so many people. Bill actually was one of the 17th. <laughs> Bill was actually the 17th worldwide practitioner, became the 17th practitioner of this technique. What's Havening? Well, we've already spoken to it in a couple of episodes, and we're going to hear it from Bill because I want to hear this. Bill has not only changed my life. He, Bill, Bill was my therapist, and he helped me uh, change my life. So, hey, Bill, how are you, how are you doing? I'm doing great. And uh, uh, funny you should mention Havening because uh, not, not only did it change your life, it changed mine as well. And uh, I say that uh, twofold, uh, both personally as well as vocationally. And um, so um, on the vocational end, uh, after I learned it, uh, I just went off and ran with it. Um, I, was, I, I was extremely excited about it. Uh, why? Because as I went through the training, and it was a weekend training, and I'll never forget it turned out uh, I was going through a major challenge in my life. Indeed, uh, at that time, I was going through a very difficult divorce. And uh, I, I don't mind mentioning this. So uh, as it turned out, um, I had separated from my ex-wife in May. And my lawyers were on my case to get what's called a statement of personal net worth. And I couldn't do it. And I kept procrastinating, procrastinating, and now it's October. And um, it turned out I had met uh, Stephen Rudin, the co-developer of Havening. And Steve, uh, because of my background as a trauma therapist, uh, gave me a scholarship to attend the first ever training in New York, which was in October. It was one of those hot, humid days, and uh, about 80 degrees. And sure enough, um, I uh, decided to address, uh, you know, my uh, separation. And, you know, within about a 20-minute period, next thing I knew, beads of sweat had just poured out of me and had resulted in the perspiration just soaking up my cotton shirt. And I was, you know, like really surprised. And then... Um, the additional surprise was that very night after I got home, I sat down and ended up um, doing that statement of net worth. So um, what I realized was uh, I had so much anger related to the whole thing that it just poured out through my pores. And 
it was the anger that was keeping me back. And with that, I said, this is remarkable. And I needed to share it. And um, the Monday thereafter, I began using it with every single client that I have. Why? Because as far as I'm concerned, it's the quickest, most effective self-emotional regulation technique there is. That says a lot because I know you, you know, you're, you have EMDR, you have a lot of tools in your toolbox. Yeah. I mean, you've been a, a lifelong learner and not only that, but a lifelong practitioner and therapist. So to say that this one tool is by far one of the best that you have, or if the best that you have, uh, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. Well, actually I, I wouldn't put it as the best. I'll put it as the quickest acting healing approach. There's another treatment approach that I am involved in that most people are not familiar with. It's called the developmental needs meeting strategy. And that is much more comprehensive than havening. And uh, believe me, the clients that I use, and I use havening with all my clients, but those clients who also have been beneficiaries of the developmental needs meeting strategy are that much more grateful for having had that experience. Yeah. And, and that, that approach is all about the healing of inner child wounds. So to compare and contrast them, um, uh, I, I, like, I regard havening as like a laser. You know, we're able to hone in on a particular upset, clear it out, literally in a matter of minutes. And uh, the developmental needs meeting strategy is more related to the healing of inner child wounds. It's more gentle. Um, and as I said, more comprehensive. Yeah. And, you know, I'll, I'll be the first to share. I know you're a professional, but I, it, I had used both of those techniques through my healing and uh, both of, uh, of them are incredible. And Avening has really changed my life uh, especially going forward, it, it's definitely my recalibration uh, piece of that, that I use. That when I don't use it, it causes me more trouble and it, it gets me in a lot of trouble. Uh, so I know uh, it's like any other technique or any other things that we use, any resource, we, we need to use them, not just know about them. And mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, by the way, you, you mentioned that I'm involved in, uh, you know, a, a lot of different trainings and uh, and and I have, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, quite frankly, um, historically, I've always been interested in quicker acting healing approaches, and that's what ultimately led me first into hypnosis, then EMDR, the developmental needs meeting strategy, and then havening. Um, but I did want to share with you, listeners. Uh, what I'm excited about now is um, I had just recently become certified as a grief recovery uh, therapist. And um, it turned out I went for training in the only evidence-based program of its kind. And um, so um, June 1st, I'm uh, going to be having my first um, group and um, it's an eight session format. And uh, I know that during my training, I found it uh, rather remarkable or transformative. That's a good word. Uh, as I watched other colleagues go through it, and uh, from day one to day four, uh, they very much look like different people.
Yeah, that, that's the incredible part about holding on to your trauma that I hadn't realized for myself, that you do hold on to it. You, you know, all these things that you don't think about, oh, it doesn't bother you, it doesn't bother you, but it does. It, we, we hold on to it so differently. And, you know, I, again, speaking for myself, when I released it, I, I remember at the beginning some of the releases, and, and it was incredible. Uh, and, and you know I worked not only with you, but you showed me the techniques how to work by myself if we choose. And that was, mm-hmm. you know, really a deal breaker uh, with Havening. I mean, when I walked in, for those who don't know, uh, and I've had, we've had a few interviews about Havening, it's a psychosensory touch therapy. Uh, so, you know, when Bill, when I walked into Bill's office and he said, you have to rub your hands and rub your arms, I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? But I was in so much pain at that part that I was willing to try anything. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's the thing is, when you are in that much pain and you don't realize it, you don't realize what your life could be like in the future without holding on to the pain that you've been holding on to for so long. Indeed. Uh, I very much recall, you know, how much pain uh, you did have at that time. And, uh, you know, I look at you now and uh, I, I really have, uh, you know, so much pride you know, in terms of uh, the fact that I've seen uh, just this incredible metamorphosis uh, in yourself in terms of uh, how you've grown and uh, what you've become. And uh, needless to say, Dave, uh, I am a huge fan of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, you know, um, I just needed the right guidance, you know, uh, it, because it's always all up and on our own. Uh, you know, you're, you're, I mean, again, so I think I, I announced that in 2013, you were the social worker of the year in Nassau County. Uh, so, so Bill definitely has the skills. He brings the skills. And what's great about it is he allows you the freedom to, as a you know, recipient of his knowledge, is really to allow you the freedom to be a safe space. And at the beginning, that I needed that, and, and you provided that, which is, the, which is the greatest part, is you could have all the knowledge and if the person's not ready to, to listen, it doesn't matter. But uh, you, you found the ways through your, you know, uh, different skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Yeah. Now, I, I know, you, you know, you, you do a whole, a whole bunch of stuff. I mean, we've done a lot of volunteer work together and, and things like that. But you also uh, are, are part of the We Are a Little Crazy 501c3 uh, run by Erica Cusson. Yes. Yeah, uh, so um, I I was fortunate, um, I guess it was about four or five years ago, uh, to have uh, uh, met Eric uh, through a friend of mine, and uh, I met him at the first launch of um, WeAreAllALittleCrazy.org, and uh, it it has since morphed into uh, the Same Here Alliance, and Eric Hewson is, uh, you know, the founder of it. And uh, he, he was somebody who was um, really in the bowels, uh, in, the, in his own depths of uh, depression, where he had tried uh, many, many different kinds of drugs, uh, including electroshock therapy, and he was not getting better. And until he got involved in this other more natural healing approach. And uh, so with that, he really made it his lifelong work uh, 
to uh, look to normalize the whole notion of mental health. And uh, in so doing, um, he also very much uh, wanted to promote uh, the, um, the notion of alternative uh, healing approaches. And um, so when I went to that launch, uh, oh, and Eric happens to come from uh, uh, the uh, basketball arena. He used to be affiliated with the basketball franchises. And uh, um, so his idea was if he could bring on celebrities and uh, particularly uh, athletes, you know, that would very much go a long way in terms of helping promote his, uh, his ideas. And uh, so at that launch, um, I was there in Manhattan and, you know, I'm very much a huge sports fan. And here I was excited to see John Starks. And, uh, you know, um, I, I had a conversation with uh, uh, the world's fa- uh, 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 fastest uh, hot dog eating person, uh, Kobayashi. And, uh, <laughs> uh, so he had all these kinds of stars, you know, the, um, you know uh, a player from the New York Rangers and et cetera. And so, yeah, I was starstruck and uh, I uh, went over to Eric. And uh, when I understood that he was interested in alternative healing, I um, then, you know, invited him to come to my office um, so he could experience havening. And uh, he was very much blown away by it. And he said, Bill, I got to have this, you know, you know, as part of my alliance of uh, all these other treatment approaches. So, um, uh, and then he asked me if I would become the face of Havening, because uh, he has different people representing it. And, you know, I said, sure. And, uh, um, and what Eric has done uh, with the organization is really nothing short of incredible. Uh, they've... Um, They've grown. Uh, oh, I, yeah! He just launched a podcast. Yeah, he, he just lost a, launched a podcast. Also mentioning where he's bringing on sports uh, figures and, and, uh, and the same name of the, the podcast. Uh, we're all a little crazy here. Oh, I didn't even. Yep. I didn't even know that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and Eric happens to be a great guy, and uh, he's very much. Uh, committed um, to, he talks about the notion of five and five, that each of us are impacted by mental health issues. And um, he's brought it to the schools. He's, uh, you know, again, I have no words for him. Yeah, no. And and that's what, uh, you know, connected. Actually, he wasn't connected with you. You know, I didn't know he was connected with you. When I first started hearing about him, somebody said, oh, you got to talk to this guy. He's, he's the guy. And I reached out to him, and I saw his friends, and I saw Bill Souls, and I think you know it was a couple of weeks ago. And when I emailed you, I'm like, "How do you know Eric?" And uh, you gave me that same story, <laughs> and it really is a small portion of the world, right? You you find the right tribe, but to talk about mental health stigmas and removing those, uh, we because we all do experience it at some point. It doesn't mean you know some of us have more challenges than others, but most people do experience it often because of the past traumas. Is that what you've found? Uh, yeah. So as a matter of fact, um, uh, uh, actually, um, 
I had always wanted to be a therapist, uh, basically since the age of uh, eight or 10 years old. So I was um, very big into sports. And at that time, uh, I was thinking how helpful would it be if like baseball teams had a therapist on board? You know, they'd be able to help the players uh, get out of their slumps. Um, You know, they'd be able to uh, uh, help them um, in terms of interpersonal uh, relationships. So I thought it was a home run. And uh, how I came upon that idea was I I remember reading an article in the paper where they said uh, the player's lone confidant was the trainer um, on on the team. And I said, uh, you know, this guy isn't even equipped, you know, to deal with that stuff. You know, maybe these uh, teams should hire somebody like that. So um, I very much uh, followed that pursuit. And um, so I was a psych major. And then in college, uh, the person who was closest to me was my grandfather. And he had been tragically run over by a car. And uh, I was extremely devastated. Uh, I I went to his hospital uh, bed every day for 10 days uh, until he died. And uh, after that, it threw me into a major depression, so much so that I couldn't focus, uh, think, and next thing I knew, uh, I had to drop out of school. So um, I was fortunate in the sense that my parents were sensitive to my needs, and uh, they got me involved in counseling. And uh, it actually took me about a year and a half to get better. And um, in so doing, it really left me with a bit of taste. The bit of taste being, why did it have to take so long? So um, going forward, uh, I really made it my goal, my interest, my passion to learn quicker acting healing approaches. So hence I got involved with hypnosis and then uh, being certified in EMDR put me on the map as a trauma therapist. I uh, had become... um, you know, the primary referral source for Long Island Railroad, TWA, and American Airlines, uh, because EMDR is that much more quicker acting as far as healing goes. And of course, uh, havening in 2013. Yeah, I mean, because it shows you're just a conditional learner throughout your life. Uh, You know, you're not, you've never taken a step back. You've always learned the cutting edge technology and things that really could help your clients, you, you, you know? Yeah. I mean, truth is there's so much out there. Um, you know, I, I also was uh, very proud of the fact that uh, I had uh, pursued training as in domestic violence. And, um, you know, I, um, you know, I had uh, excellent, excellent supervision and uh, I've been uh, running these uh, matters intervention groups uh, for the last 10 or 12 years. Yeah, no, and yeah, you're incredible. I mean, I know how there's a lot of different groups that you run and the batterers uh, group, uh, you know, again, I I had experience uh, attending and, you know, uh, I didn't physically uh, (laughs) hurt anybody, but I put myself in it to to learn more as much as I could, right? It was one of those things that uh, some of those, 
gentlemen were court ordered and you know i i was there more as an observer uh and you know i you, you learn i mean you, there's so many different ways to to learn once you can see once you pull the the veil behind you know that sort of like the wizard of oz once you pull the veil you can't unpull it again so yeah. speaking like that what are some of the things that you had to unlearn to become as awesome as you are unlearn <laughs> oh that's a that's a good question um i um well i think um okay um one of the i guess the biggest thing was related to the fact that uh i was always uh, pretty uh shy and uh quiet and um i have to say having um gone through just a half hour session in the midst of my training for uh, as uh, in the developmental needs meeting strategy this half hour session with uh, a facilitator ended up unlocking for me um something that i had easily been pursuing in counseling for more than 25 years and um and that was always my interest and it was in terms of being able to be more assertive so um and i certainly was not and um i'll never forget uh, the monday after i had gotten trained it turned out um i had an arbitration hearing um where the insurance company uh, was uh, uh i had been treating somebody who is uh, a victim of a major car accident she went to the emergency room she had major injuries and certainly was highly traumatized and i had been providing her treatment for many many months and um i had not gotten paid so <laughs> i thought there was something wrong with that and uh, this is courtesy of no fault so i and then had to take them to arbitration and normally i have such a high level of uh, respect and uh, maybe trepidation and fear you know dealing with what i would regard as authority figures so here i am dealing with this uh, referee and uh, uh somebody from the insurance company and he was uh, grilling me and only me uh you know about why did i uh, provide her with the treatment uh, was it really necessary uh, you know he was just going on and on i couldn't believe it and what i found for the first time in my life was i was looking at him right in the eye had an answer for every question he threw at me and um as far as i was concerned i did a dynamite job and um at the end of it you know they shut off the you know tape recorder and i i then even had the audacity <laughs> to uh, approach that guy the referee and i said what the hell was this all about <laughs> to me this was so obvious and as i'm saying that to him i'm saying to myself who am i <laughs> cuz this was not me at all and uh, it um, so again just uh, having gone for that weekend training in the developmental needs meeting strategy definitely um uh 
help me overcome this uh, uh, inability uh, to be assertive. And I certainly very much needed that quality going forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you know, it's, it's, a lot of times we have to unlearn the things that we've learned, uh, you know, and, and that's the powerful piece. So those are those seeds that uh, we plant. And, you know, when you're able to find that quick release, you're able to respond that much differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and the beauty is there are so many different treatment approaches. So, you know, it's, it's not only uh, havening or uh, um the other ones that I mentioned, uh, go on to uh, we are all a little crazy.org and you'll be hit with a plethora of uh, different treatment approaches. Yeah, no, exactly. And that's what I always say. And that's like one of the catchphrases. So I'm going to ask you, so prepare you in, in advance to think of an R word that you think that would be uh, the, the, your favorite R word, or at least for today, it's your favorite R word. Because I always say that there's an R in your heart. I think people, and for me, when I explain that to people, that we can rise because I do a lot of that Phoenix talk or resilience, that we need to build resilience. So I'd, I'd love to hear what maybe your favorite R word is, if you, if you have one. Uh, um, I'm, not, does the word, I'm not sure that I really understand your question. Do I, does it have to begin with an R? I've always had it beginning with an R, but, <laughs> but, but, if, you, but if you think of a word that you, that, you, that you feel powerful about, then go to it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for me is uh, the notion of hope. You know, I've um, I've worked with lots and lots of people uh, over the years who uh, easily have been in the midst of depths of despair. And uh, they're feeling hopeless, helpless, and, um, you know, and indeed sad. And uh, one of the things I very much like to convey to my clients is the notion of hope because we need not be stuck in where we are. There is a tremendous capability uh, for personal growth. Yeah, no, that's exactly it. And so there's the H for the heart, <laughs> um, which, which is great. I, I love it. Uh, you, you know, you have so much knowledge and, and things like that. And I always say, you know, we plant seeds within ourselves and that, uh, you know, because even the stories that you have just given us about the quick responses and the quick, you know, return to who you, you are, it's because you were able to release the, those pieces of it. Uh, is there any seeds that you think that the audience would love to hear uh, that you could maybe plant and they could either come back and ask you some questions or uh, find for themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I think uh, I think the main thing is uh, to just uh, if if you are having a, you know a personal mental health issues and you are feeling stuck and you know and you're not realizing um, or you're not getting to the place that you want to be, I think you just need to keep pursuing and. When I say pursuing, maybe what it just means for you is that you need to get involved with, um, you know, somebody, somebody different who may have a different kind of approach. Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, uh, one of the things that I, I 
I've always kind of felt sad about is um, sometimes I end up having clients who come to me and they will profess to me that they were treatment failures, meaning that they'd been in counseling for years and years and years, and they still were not getting better. And, you know, they very much put it on themselves. And as far as I'm concerned, maybe they just needed a different type of approach, you know, and um, I, I really very much uh, felt badly, you know, for those clients. And indeed, uh, I know in terms of my involvement with them, uh, I was very happy uh, that they were able to realize the kind of gains that uh, they uh, needed and wanted to make. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, what I would tell everybody as well is just find the right resources. And if it's not working, you know, return to back to, to the, the, the starting board and figure out, you know, you have to just mesh. It's like anything else in any relationship. You have to mesh and be able to be part of that healing process. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's not always about the. The therapist. You can go to Sigmund Freud. Well, we can't, but he's busy today. But, but no, but, you know, you can go to the best therapist in the world and not get the results you're looking for because of you're not just, it doesn't mesh or they're not uh, coming at it in a way that you want to hear, right? There's the old Yen saying that I talk about all the time is the teacher appears when the student is ready. And if you're not ready to hear some of the things or not ready to focus on those monsters in our closet, it doesn't really matter what you're, you know, who you're going to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, so, you, you have a lot of good expressions, Dave. Yeah. Every now and then I, I come up with, them. I, I've learned a couple of good ones, you know? Um, all right. I've taken a lot of your time and, and I, and I appreciate, is there any message other than go see Bill? I mean, I, I will tell you from personal experience, your life will be changed by talking to Bill, coming to one of his workshops, or just sitting down and, and, and learning from Bill or you know the, the, through the knowledge that he, that he has. Is there anything that you'd like to share with the, the audience, like a parting message? Um, yeah, just, again, I, I have to stick with the notion of hope, you know, that... Uh, if you're not happy with the place that you're in, and I'm talking about uh, emotionally, you know, that uh, you can make movement, you can progress, and uh, there just are alternative, uh, different approaches. And uh, as Dave suggests, um, you need to reach out because there are other resources out there. And uh, as a matter of fact, the... Dave is a good person uh, to uh, help you with that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I hope to be. Uh, you know. Uh, you know. And we've we've worked. I mean, we'll go back to the, to the Havening piece. Is I know we worked on uh, the only military resistance day, R resilience day that Havening had created uh, back in uh, 2015 or, or, or 2016. So you know. And I know you've worked with a lot of veterans over the years to find that resilience and I uh, want to thank you for that as, you know, as somebody as a supporter of, of veteran issues. So just want to remind everybody that we'll end the, the episode and thank you so much, Bill, for, for coming on and sharing us about Havening, but also giving us these gems of knowledge. And remember everybody, 
peace and love is so important to have within ourselves. But when you need to bring a bat, again, nonviolence, but it's all about creating those non-negotiables and knowing where you need to take a stand for your own health. And thank you, Bill. Uh, I thank you, David, for inviting me to be on. Um, It's been a pleasure to be your guest. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show, and I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites, as well as Facebook, Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, David Chemetsky, at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peace, love, bring a bat at gmail.com. Love to hear your feedback. Thanks. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.